Hey, good morning, Bridge Church. Thanks for joining us for Church Online. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, we thank you for who you are, for all that you've done. We thank you for your presence. We give you praise. The day that you have made, whatever comes. your love, 
God, we're grateful that in a time of confusion, maybe loss, Lord, that we know that you are there for us. We thank you for that. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. By heavy stone, Messiah still and all alone. Come on, join us.
We set aside all distractions, all worries, all fears. And we lean into you, God.
for being a way maker. Church, it was about six months ago that I was standing right here. My wife was standing to my side and she actually was singing that song, Waymaker. And I shared with you that just a few weeks prior that we had gone to a doctor's appointment, a specialist, because my wife was pregnant. And that doctor looked at us and he said, I have some concerns. He said, in fact, this thing right here, this could be catastrophic to you and to the baby. Now that's not what we wanna hear. So we're filled with fear, we're, we're, we're filled with, with doubt and, and what do we do? And, and so when we walked away, it was like, well, we gotta start talking to people. We gotta start telling our family and people we love and trust and, and start going to prayer and believe that God is gonna do something. Fast forward the story a few weeks and we go to a different specialist and he looks at the scans and, and he says, I don't see anything to be concerned about. And I'm like, wait a second, the doctor just a couple weeks ago said that this thing right here, and, and he said, no, he said that thing right there has now moved and everything's fine. I looked at my wife and, and, and we're like, did God just do a miracle? And we walked away just like, God, thank you so much for doing the miracle. Fast forward the story again. Two weeks ago, my wife gave birth to our son, Lincoln, and we got to hold him in our arms for the very first time. And I just thought, God, thank you for working even when I couldn't feel it, when my emotions got in the way, and, I, and I, I, even when I couldn't believe it, you were still working. I wish in your story that I could just hit a button and could fast forward for whatever situation you're in right now and let you know that God's got you. 
So here's what I want to do. Whatever mountain, whatever obstacle you're facing, lift it up to the Lord and let's pray. God, you see the needs of your people. Lord, where there is anxiousness, God, we pray for peace. God, where there is despair, we pray for hope. God, where we pray, God, where we see there are things happening in our life that we are just out of control, Lord, we look to you and we hand them over and say, do what you will, God. I will serve you no matter what. I will praise you no matter what. And God, we give you all the glory and all the praise and we thank you for what you're gonna do ahead of time. In Jesus' name. You know, as I was praying, God told me this. He said, even before you knew you had a problem, God already had a plan. So trust him. He is in control. He will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so grateful that you have joined us. Hey, I can't reach through a camera, but if I could reach through a camera, I would give you the biggest hug that I possibly could. So right now, if you want to be weird with me, you can wrap your arms around yourself and accept my hug. I want to let you know that we love you, that we pray for you constantly, and just let you know that you are not alone. God's got amazing things in store for us. Before we jump into the Word of God today, we want to keep you up to date with everything that's happening here at the bridge. So let's take a moment and watch church news together. We're so glad that you are joining us today for Church Online. Before we get into the message, we want to let you know about all of the ways that you can stay connected with us. We might not be meeting in person, but we are excited to connect with you online throughout the week. Here's a look at what's going on over the next few days at the bridge. Make your plans to jump online and join us. Right now is the time to get your kids all set up for their Bridge Kids online service. Just go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv kids. There, your kids can watch the service and access the downloadable activities designed just for them. You can also find it by going to the Bridge Kids Facebook page. We are excited to keep your kids connected with God and their church family. This season, we want to continue to connect with God and each other. So make sure to hop on our Wednesday night online experience at 7 p.m. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, at BridgeYTH underscore. Hey, church family, we want to update you for this summer, our Bridge Kids Day Camp has moved towards an online virtual experience. And at this time, we're working out all the details towards this summer program. And we'll be sending out some more information just as soon as we can. So, in the meantime, mark your calendars for July 6th through the 9th. And soon, we'll let you know how you can register your kids for this exciting event we're calling Fast Forward. Because we want kids to reach forward and discover that God has great things ahead for us all. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance with food during this unusual season, our community care program will continue to distribute food every Sunday at 11 a.m. 
We want to do our best to help people who might be in need right here in the Temecula Valley. So be sure to tell your friends or family members who are needing assistance at this time. We also want to take a moment and say thank you to our amazing community care team who make distribution happen every week. You have been so selfless and flexible during a challenging season, and we are grateful for your hearts to serve others. Together, we are making a difference here in the Temecula Valley. If you want to stay connected and informed, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is the easiest way to stay up to date on what's happening, as well as see our devotionals throughout the week. You can also stay informed by downloading the Bridge app. Just text keywords the Bridge Church app to 77977. For more information, log on to our website, thebridgechurch.tv. If you are joining us for the first time and want to find out more about the church and how you can get connected, we invite you to go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. There you'll find a digital Connect card where we can help you get plugged in. Just take a moment to fill it out and we will be happy to connect with you. Thanks again for joining us today. Here's Pastor Gary with the message. Thank you so much for joining us for the Bridge Church Online. You know, I've been saying it week by week that we thank you for letting your house become God's house, but I really mean that. You know, it's easy to turn the screen on or turn the computer on and have a church service there playing on on your tablet or on your TV, but it's different to turn your house into a house of worship and to set aside the time to put away the distractions and open your heart and just hear God's word. I want to say thank you so much for not just for joining us, for letting your house be God's house today. We're in a teaching series that we're calling Extraordinary. Extraordinary or Extraordinary, whichever way you want to say it. But the point of this whole series is, in this unusual season... God still has plans for our lives. What kind of people does God want us to be in this unusual season? You know, I believe God's calling us, you and me, all of us, to live extraordinary lives. The word extraordinary means to live beyond what is usual, beyond what is ordinary or regular or what is established around us, to really become the exception to the rule, to live an exceptional life. Like this gentleman right back here, to stand out in the crowd that people can see God's hand upon our lives. We want to be above what is normal around us. So in order to become extraordinary people, I must learn, first of all, to think as God thinks. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed, be changed. How? By the renewing of our minds, learning to think according to God's word, think as God thinks. But today I want to I ask a question, and I want to begin with this. In your life right now, in your business, in all of your affairs, in this unusual season, ask yourself the question, what can God do? What can God do in my life and in my circumstances in this unusual season? Seems a lot of us have put life on hold. 
We can't go here, we can't go there, we can't do this, we can't do that. Some of you men are rejoicing today because your wife hasn't been able to go to the mall in weeks now. Some of you wives are happy because your husband is at home and he's working on that honey-do list. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of us are saying, well, what, what's God going to do in this season? What can I expect from God in this unusual season? Life is on hold. I'll sure be glad when this is over. Let me encourage you today, right in the middle of this unusual season, God wants to do extraordinary things in our lives. And I want to look at a story today from Genesis 26. And I'm going to encourage you to open up a Bible or on your pad there or on your phone. Open up the scriptures. Follow with me today. The verses are going to be on the screen, but I want you to read along closely and follow this short story. But it's so extraordinary what God did in an unusual season in the life of Isaac. Genesis chapter 26. And before we begin to read, let me set up the story. The Old Testament, especially in in the book of Genesis, talks a lot about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had told Abraham, I'm going to make of your seed a great nation, the nation that would become Israel. And in your seed, all the peoples of the earth would be blessed, speaking of Jesus Christ coming through the seed of Abraham. But you'll see in the Old Testament, it refers a lot to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It started with Abraham. God gave him a son in his old age. His name was Isaac. Later on, he had a son whose name was Jacob. And the lineage of God's plans were flowing through Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. We know that story, but here's what I want you to catch today. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were pretty much nomads. They were herdsmen. They traveled from place to place. They raised flocks of animals. And if you study scripture, you'll find that they prospered. They were very blessed. They were prominent men in the age in which they lived. But if you look at their lives and all that they accumulated, there's something that you will find. God's hand was always involved in these nomads' lives. God's hand of direction, God's hand of blessing was always upon them. And what I want to show you today is in this passage of Scripture, Genesis 26, Isaac encountered some very unusual, difficult times, but God was there with him in those times, in that season. Let's begin to read today. Verse number 1 of Genesis 26. There was a famine in the land. Famine. Pause there for just a moment. There was a famine in the land. Famine speaks of shortage. There's no rain, no crops, no food, no natural grass growing, at least not very much. Things are barren. Things are dry. People are hungry. People are thirsty. And as a rule, when a famine hits a land, everybody feels it. The poorest of the poor feel it. The richest of the rich feel it. Even in the king's palace, when a famine hits the land, everyone's affected by it. A famine hit the land and it brought difficult days for all the people in the land. So they begin to ask the question, what are we going to do in this season? There was a famine, difficult days in the land. We can identify with that today. But let's continue to read in verse 1. There was a famine in the land 
besides the first famine that it was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Verse 1 says there was a famine in the land, but it was a different famine. It's not the same one that Abraham had lived through years earlier. It was different. I've got to tell you today, I don't think I've ever seen a time in my life like this season. Nothing comes close to it. I don't know what I'm going to see in the future, but I've never seen a day in a season like this season. We have the COVID infection. We have the virus. We have the pandemic going on. We have people losing their lives. It's difficult. But then we have the response of government in this season that has brought other unusual circumstances our way. In the middle of all this, I've never seen anything like it. It's a different kind of situation. Scripture says there was a famine in the land, but it was a different famine. And I'm going to show you in just a moment why it was different. So we find Isaac goes to Abimelech at a place called Gerar, and he says, I'm going to stay here in your territory that you rule over. I'm going to keep my sheep here. Now, here's what you got to see. These herdsmen follow the grass. They're nomads. They don't build houses and settle down. They live in tents. Wherever there's grass, that's where they take their flocks. They live off of the grass of the land. They live off of the water and the wells of the land. But in this famine, there wasn't much grass. There wasn't a lot of water. Everybody's feeling the pain of the moment. And in this different season... Isaac begins to ask the question that everyone else was asking. What do I do in this season? What are we going to do in this unusual, difficult season? Look, if you would, at verse number two. Then the Lord appeared to him, to Isaac, and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Notice those words. Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Now, why is this important? If you go back a few chapters, when Abraham had entered into a time of famine earlier on in history, he went to Egypt. We don't know exactly why he went to Egypt. It doesn't say God told him to go. My guess is there was probably some water and some grass there for his flocks because he followed the grass. Wherever he could find food for his flocks, that was his way of living. So he went down to Egypt in a time of famine. But the Lord spoke to Isaac years later and said, this is a different season, a different famine. It's difficult. You're wondering what to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay right here where you are in this time of famine. Do not go down to Egypt. You know, seasons are temporary. They come and they go. But each season is different. Each day is different. Each year is different. Each decade is different. Seasons change. Time brings change our way. But sometimes we get in a rut and we want to make every season the same 
especially when we go through good seasons. We want every succeeding season to be easy and good, and we get into a rut of doing everything the same way, thinking the same way. But sometimes, sometimes God has different instructions for a different famine, a different season, a different difficulty. Sometimes God's directions and instructions are going to be different. What's unique about this? God said to him, Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. That's what dad did. Well, if that's what dad did, then that's what I'm supposed to do. God says no. Isaac could have said, but God... Everybody's going to Egypt. The Nile River is down there. There, There's some water. At least there's enough to keep people alive. People are trying to save themselves. I got to go with the flow. I got to follow the crowd here. God says, no, I need you to be extraordinary. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't follow dad's pattern. Don't follow the pattern of people around you. Don't listen to what everybody else is saying. Listen to my instructions for this season of your life. God is still speaking to people today. God said, Isaac, live where I ask you to live. Can I tell you today, you will never lose listening to God's voice. You'll never lose following God's instructions. And let's continue reading in verse number three because God's not finished speaking. He says, Isaac, stay where you are. And here's what he says in verse three. Dwell in this land. And I will be with you, and I will bless you. Can I tell you something? In the middle of this season, wherever God leads you, he's going to be with you. He's going to be, he's going to be blessing you. Trust him. God goes on to say, for you and your descendants, I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 5, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. What God does here is he links the long-term promises that he gave to Abraham that would be passed through Isaac and on to Jacob. He brings this and makes it personal for Isaac. Isaac, I made promises to your father. I made promises about the big picture of what I'm going to do throughout history. I'm renewing it to you. I'm telling you, you're a part of those promises too. But there's something that we need to understand as followers of Jesus that God in different seasons may have different instructions for us in that season. There's a big picture of God's promises and God's blessings and his instructions. But there's also smaller seasons when God may lead us in different directions. And sometimes it may not even make sense to us. Sometimes it's contrary to what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is doing. Within the big picture of all of God's promises and blessings, there will be smaller seasons that require new instructions, but when God gives new instructions, there are always going to be new promises connected to those instructions. That's the beauty of God. He wants to be involved in our lives, and when He shows us new ways and new things and asks us to step out in faith in new directions, when we hear those instructions, He always makes promises for that season 
as well as for the seasons to come. God's concerned about the big picture of our life, but he's also concerned about the small seasons of our lives. He has instructions and promises for those seasons. Now look, look at verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Isaac did what God told him to do. The foundation for faith is obedience to God's instructions. Faith is obedience because faith is always action. When we do what God tells us to do, God's blessings rest upon us. Isaac stayed right where God told him to stay. Even when people are leaving, even when people are going south to Egypt, even when people are running in all directions in panic, living in lack, God says, stay right there. He stayed there and God began to bless him. Now let's skip down to verse number 12. I want to move quickly because there's some other things I want to show you. Verse number 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. He sowed in the land that God, that God had showed him where he needed to stay. Isaac sowed in that land and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Now, now think about this for a minute. In a time of famine, Isaac sowed, God blessed him, and he reaped a hundredfold. In other words, his crops were unbelievable. Everybody else, their crops are drying up. Some of them are dying. People are hungry. People are starving to death. They're fleeing the country, going south, looking for another place to, to live. God blesses him right in the middle of a famine. But here's what's most interesting to me. I told you earlier, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're nomads. They raise animals. They've got herds and flocks of animals. That's their lifestyle. They live in tents. They pack up the tents. They go to wherever the grass is. But for a season, Isaac changed his entire, entire style of life and took on a totally different occupation for a season, he became a farmer. Now, can't you see this? Famine has hit the land. It's dry. There's no water. People are leaving the land. People are saying, Isaac, what are you going to do? Well, I'm, uh, God's told me to stay here. God speaks to Isaac and says, plant your crops. I'm going to bless you. Can't you see him out there with his animals trying to figure out how do you use a plow? I've never done this before. I've seen people do it. I don't know how to do this. People pass by, Isaac, what are you doing? You're not a farmer. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to raise crops. There's no water. We're in a famine. You are a fool. And Isaac says, I have a word from God. God says he's going to bless me. He told me to plant crops. I'm going to learn to work this plow. He put seed in the ground. He covered it up. He trusted God. He did what he could do. And in that season, doing the unusual in a place where it wasn't supposed to work, God blessed him and he reaped a hundredfold. What an amazing story. I believe today out of this message, God's going to speak to some people. He's going to give you businessman. He's going to give you mom, dad. He's going to give you older folks who are trying to navigate this weird season. God's going to give you a plan of what you need to do in this season. It may not be what everybody else is doing. It may not even be what the news is telling you to do, but God's going to give you a plan and he's going to bless you
when you follow his instructions. Because that's the way of God. Some of you are sitting at home saying, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. I can't even see beyond this week. I don't know about the next week. I, I, I can't even see this week. Can I tell you something? God is able to bless you even in a time of famine. If you just get still, hear his voice, and follow his instructions. God cares. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on in your house, in your business, at your school, with your children, with your parents, and all the other things that spin around you. God knows, and it is not out of his care and his control. God is on your side. He wants to work on your behalf. Trust him. Let's go on down further. Look at verses 13 and 14, the last part of this story. The man, notice the words, the man, speaking of Isaac, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. You know, I I have this thing that I do with a lot of my friends. I tell them, oh, you are the man. They tell me something that they did or in a time when they need encouragement, I look at them and say, remember, you are the man. You are the man. You know what this verse says about Isaac? It says he was the man. He was the man. You say, well, how can you say that? That's not what the verse means. Look at this. The man began to prosper. The man continued prospering. Even in a time of famine, he became very Prosperous. It goes on to say in verse 14, For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines, all the people around him, envied him. All the people are looking at him saying, Isaac, he's the man. He's the man. He is the man. Look at him. He's blessed. He has got it figured out. And the only thing he had figured out was, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to obey God. And God will bless my obedience and my faith what a formula for life what a formula for life the story here is not how much wealth Isaac had the story is Isaac learned to follow God and God blessed him now I've got a lot to say today so I'm going to move quickly the next few minutes but The second part of this message, I want you to hear this. It is so important that I learn to follow God's instructions. All of us. It's so important we learn to follow God's instructions. And God's instructions start right here. Right here. Don't ignore the word of God. Don't belittle the word of God. Don't discount the word of God. Learn the word of God because his instructions for life are right here. His word is alive and powerful. His word will direct us and speak to us. We need to open our hearts and our lives, and more importantly, we need to open up the Bible and let God begin to rewrite the way that we think. This week I shared a really simple devotion from Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody knows that psalm. But you know, the whole message there was we need to follow God. We need to follow the shepherd. He leads us to places of provision, of rest, of restoration. He leads us to all the right places. He leads us even through the difficult places. And his goodness and his mercy follow us all the days of our lives. As long as we're following God, his blessings are going to be following us. But some of us need to learn how to follow God. It begins 
with His Word, following the instructions of His Word. You know, by reason of our human nature, you know, we're limited, we're finite. We don't naturally know what God knows. He's infinite. He's unlimited. We, in our limited knowledge, we don't know all of God's ways. We don't know all of God's thoughts. We talked about that a few weeks ago in Isaiah 55. God said, my thoughts are not, my, are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. See, my thoughts produce my ways. And God says, if your thoughts are not my thoughts, you don't go in the way of blessing. But God has given us his word to get us on a pathway to learn his thoughts, follow his ways, walk those pathways that God has designed for us, and then see him blessing our life all along the way. But our thoughts, our vision, you know, what we think, what we see down the road, it produces our pathways, our actions. And it's important for us to learn what God sees and what God knows. And it begins with His Word. You know, oftentimes, you'll hear me say it, you'll hear Zach say it, out of Psalms 119, verse 105, God's Word is a lamp to our feet. It shows us where we are. It's a light to our path. It shows us where we need to go next. God's instructions for your life begin in His Word. As I'm reading God's Word, God's Word starts reading me. It starts showing me where I'm off path, where I need to get back on path. It shows me the way God wants me to live that bring blessing into my lives. And here's the thing. If I minimize the instructions in God's Word, it tends to minimize what God's going to speak to me by His Spirit. It's almost as if God says, hey, if you don't want to learn this, then you sure don't want to hear the other things because There'll be times when I'll tell you in a season of famine to do something unusual. And if you're not willing to learn the pathways, you're certainly not going to hear the instructions. So a lot of times, God's Spirit doesn't speak to us because He knows we're not going to listen anyway. I need to be pliable to learn God's instructions. And then the last part of this message. It's so important that I learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's God. It's the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit's called God in Scripture. It's not some weird thing floating out in space. It's not some confusing thing. It's the Spirit of God that speaks in agreement with God and His Word that gives us specific instructions in specific seasons of life. And I need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Follow His instruction. I want to show you something out of John chapter 16. You've got your Bible turned there. We'll have the verses on the screen. We're going to look at three verses in that chapter. John 16. Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit that He's going to send when He goes back to the Father. In verse 7, John says, or Jesus says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away... The Helper will not come to you. Jesus called the Holy Spirit in your life, in my life, a Helper. Does anybody feel like you ever need help? Are there ever seasons and moments when you need help and you know it and you recognize it? Jesus said the Holy Spirit that will live in us becomes a Helper in our lives. And he goes on to say, if I depart, I will send him to you. However, look at verse 13. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, doesn't speak lies like the devil, he speaks the truth. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. He will guide you. He will guide you into truth. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all the right paths and all the right places. He will help you make right decisions in every season of your life. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears from the Father, he will speak. And he will tell you the things to come. He's always looking into the future, trying to guide us to the right places. Some of you are sitting at home today saying, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Next week, next month, oh, I don't know what to do. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Stop, calm down. Ask God to show you what to do. The Spirit of God will lead you into the right places, places of blessing for your life. And in verse 14, Jesus said, the Spirit of God will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and he'll declare it to you. The Holy Spirit wants to take what God knows, what God has, and he wants to show it to you. The things that are hidden that you need to know, the Holy Spirit will show you those things. You know, in Romans chapter 8, it talks a little bit about the Spirit of God and what He does in our lives. You know, the, the theological term is regeneration. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we experience this new birth. Our spirit comes alive. We are regenerated. We come alive in Christ. Our spirit comes alive. And when our spirit comes alive, the Spirit of God moves inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us come alive spiritually. And His Spirit begins to communicate, bear witness with our spirit. And it begins to try to give us information to lead us. And we need to learn to follow and recognize the working and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And here's what Romans chapter 8 tells us. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It is perfectly natural for those of us who know God to be led by the Spirit of God. That's God's plan. As a matter of fact, it's a part of our spiritual birthright. When Jesus Christ comes into our heart, the Spirit of God moves inside of us, and it is our right now to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit. He will speak to us and show us the right pathways to take. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. And God puts His Spirit in us to begin to lead us and direct us, especially in these unusual, difficult seasons. As you study it out according to Scripture, in many instances, we can, number one, know God's thoughts. Number two, see what God sees. Number three, hear what God says. And number four, we can then walk God's paths and see his blessings in our lives. That's his plan for us. And in, finally today, the very last part of this message, I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I wish I had 30 more minutes to dive into this. Maybe I'll do it another time. But I want to show you just four thoughts real quickly out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit, how he comes to direct our lives. And I want to encourage you, take the time today, sometime this week, sit down and slowly read through 1 Corinthians 2. See what Paul writes in there about the difference in man's wisdom and God's wisdom. It's amazing 
the enlightenment that's there, the understanding that's there, if we'll just take time to look at it. But I want to show you four things out of these verses real quickly. Number one, look at verse 6. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Paul says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. The word mature means complete. Those who've been completed in Christ. Those who are followers of Christ. Those who've been born of the Spirit of God. The Romans 8 effect is at work. The Spirit of God's working in our lives. Paul said, we speak wisdom to you. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Number one, the wisdom of God is hidden from the natural carnal mind. Paul said, we're speaking wisdom because the Spirit of God has given us the wisdom of God. But the natural man does not understand it. Now, look, I'm I'm not talking politics. Just listen to me. Government does not have the answer for what we're dealing with right now. As a matter of fact, some of their decisions are making things worse. Government doesn't have the answer. Carnal man doesn't know what to do right now. But God's Spirit knows what we need to do. As a people and as individuals, God knows. And we need to seek God to get his direction for our lives in this season. The wisdom of God is hidden from the carnal, natural man and natural mind. Let's skip down to verse 9. Verse 9 says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. What this tells us, number two, God has more for us than we can naturally understand. God has more for you than your natural carnal mind thinks. Some of you are sitting at home today thinking, well, I guess this is all God has for me. No, God has more for you. God has more for you. God has more for you. Eye hasn't seen it. Ear hasn't heard it. It hasn't entered into the natural heart of man. Our senses can't begin to touch all the things that God has for us. There's more, friend. Turn to somebody right there in your living room. It's your spouse, your kid, somebody. Say, God's got more for me. God has more for me. And his spirit wants to show me more. Go on down to verse number 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Okay, number two, God has more for us than we can naturally understand. But number three, but the Holy Spirit wants to reveal those things to us. Eye hasn't seen it. Ear hasn't heard it. The natural man doesn't begin to obtain it. But God reveals those things through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, even the deep things of God. The spirit of God takes the depths of God's heart and begins to show us the things that God has planned for us. God does not want you to sit in the dark. He wants to show you the way out of the darkness. He doesn't want you to give up and let your crops die. He wants to bless your crops. So listen to him. Let him show you what to do from here. Verse number 12, going down, it says this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You know, I mentioned earlier, Romans 8 says, we're heirs of God, join heirs of Jesus. Well, what all's involved in that? The Holy Spirit wants to show us as we go through life, as we enter into difficult seasons, the Holy Spirit wants to show us, God has this for you. Now, walk this pathway and God will pour this into your life. God wants us to follow him because his paths are ways of blessings. 
and His Spirit will lead us into those paths. So number one, the wisdom of God is hidden from the carnal man. God has more for us than we can naturally understand. Number three, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal those things to us. And then number four, look at verse 14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness to him. Pause here a minute. The natural man thinks spiritual things are foolish. But those of us who are spiritual know it's the natural things of man that are foolish. Let that soak in for just a moment. Read a little further. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. We understand spiritual things because the Spirit of God teaches us about spiritual things. Verse 15, he who is spiritual judges all things. This is a weird passage. The word judges here really means discerns. It's the same word discerns that's used at the end of verse 14. When it says spiritual things are spiritually discerned, verse 15 says he who is spiritual can discern all things. If we're being led by the Spirit, we can make right decisions in every situation. Yet, the spiritual man cannot be discerned and understood by unspiritual people. You know, sometimes God leads us in places that you can tell your friends or your family about it, and they think you're foolish, they think you're crazy. That's because they don't understand things of the Spirit. That's why we've got to be careful about throwing our pearls before swine and trying to tell everybody else they're wrong. Don't tell everybody else they're wrong. Just follow God and let God prove in your life that you're right the same way he did in Isaac's life, that the Philistines begin to envy him, that people are drawn to us because they see God's hand at work in our lives. That's the life God wants us to live. And finally it says in verse 16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. Does anybody want to tell God how to do his job? I don't think so. Some people are trying. But God knows what he's doing. But the last part of this verse says, but we have the mind of Christ. Let me say it this way. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us and wants to teach us and guide us, we have access to the mind of Christ in every situation of life, which brings me to the fourth part of this scripture, the fourth point. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And part of the reason he's there is to bring God's thoughts and God's ways into our lives. Just as God did for Isaac in the Old Testament, he can do for us today. In a season of drought that's different from other seasons, God's able to give us new instructions and when everybody else is running in fear, God's able to allow us, allow us to be blessed to the point that we reap a hundredfold, even in this weird season, with new strategies from God. Some of you today are receiving strategies. Some of you right now, your heart is stirring. And when we finish this message, you're going to want to go get alone because God's going to speak to some of you about a strategy for your business, for your family, for your home, for your future. God's going to give you strategies because God knows the way from here. I want to pray for you today. And I really want to pray two prayers in one. I want to pray for everyone that hears this, that God will continue to use this word. But I also want to pray for those of you who are listening to this, 
who've never really committed your lives to God. Let me tell you something. Our, our sin, our failure, our mistakes have kept us from the love of God. But God put his own son on a cross to pay for our sin so that we could become his children. God extends forgiveness and grace to us and says, I'll forgive you, I'll pick you up, I'll clean you up, I'll wipe you off. I'll give you a brand new start and a brand new life, eternal life. I'll give it to you. It's grace. But you've got to receive it. You've got to accept it. You've got to believe me and trust me. Follow me. I want to pray for you today as well. As I pray this prayer, I ask you to open your heart. Pray these words with me. Let my words become your words. It's not magic in my words, but there's simple faith in these words that will help you begin your relationship with God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for all the people who've made their house your house today. I thank you that your word has gone out and you are speaking to people. God, you are stirring some things up. You're breaking up hard ground. You're tearing up some things and you're breaking down some strongholds even as we listen to this to help us to understand you know the way from here. You know how to go forward in each of our lives. God, we open our hearts to you. We will learn your word. We will follow your instructions. But we will also open our hearts and learn to be led by the Spirit of God. We ask you to speak to us from your word, by your spirit. Teach us to be sensitive. Teach us how to hear your voice and how to know it. How to know those impressions from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they're so strong and emotional and sometimes they're so subtle. Help us to learn to recognize your voice. And then, Father, help us to learn how to obey you and walk your pathway. Father, I pray for every person out there who has heard this today and they're crying out saying, God, I need your help, but I don't know where to go and how to go. Father, we open our hearts to you. We declare that we need you. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. We accept Jesus today as our Savior. What he did on the cross is full payment for all of our past failures and sin. For all the mistakes we've made, it's covered by what Jesus did on the cross. Now, God, give us a new life. We want Jesus to be not just our Savior, but we ask that Jesus would become the Lord of our lives. You'd begin to lead us and direct us. Lead us into that brand new life. From this moment forward, we're your children. You are our Father. We want to follow you. We want to know you. We want to learn your word, learn your ways. And God, we want you involved in every area of our lives every single day. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that last part of the prayer with me, maybe it's the first time you've ever prayed it, or maybe you've just been the prodigal on the run and you know it's time to come home. There's instructions on your screen of how you can get in contact with us. We've got a free gift we want to give you. We can get it to you quickly, electronically. It's called the next seven days. That prayer is not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. But we want to give it to you, get you started walking with God so you can see his blessing in every area of your lives. Let me tell you something. God's life is better than ever li- any life you've ever lived. God has better plans for you than you've got for yourself. Get started walking with God. God bless you today. Before I finish, and I have finished my message, there's a couple things I need to do. First of all, I want to thank you for your faithfulness as the church. Church is not buildings. The church is people. In this season, you've been so faithful with your giving and 
I say it every week, we're not begging for money. God's blessing us, but we're being faithful and honoring God. As God has blessed you, I encourage you to give today. There are different ways you can give. It's there on your screen. But I want to say thank you so much. The work of the Bridge Church has not changed. We're not in the house. We're not in the physical building. But we're still continuing ministering to the people to the best of our ability. And through online services, through different things that we're doing, the ministry continues around the world. We're still involved in missions. We're feeding a lot of families every Sunday afternoon. And it happens because of you and your faithfulness. And I just want to say thank you for carrying God's kingdom in your hearts. We love you today. God bless you. Then the very last thing, people are asking the question, when are we going to reopen and start having services? Some of you are ready to go. Some of you are not. Uh, It's a mixed crowd. I know that. I told you this week in my devotional that I did um, that we're working on plans. We're going to have some news in a few days. And let me tell you this today. There's some things happening behind the scenes that I can't talk about right now. I'm going to be releasing a statement this week. It'll be on our website. It'll come through an email blast. It'll be on our social social media platforms. I'm going to be making a statement. I was ready to make a statement today, but there's some things happening behind the scenes that I need to slow down and be careful these next few days about my words and my steps. I have a direction from God at this moment. But here's the thing. Our staff is preparing to start having church regular services very, very soon with certain guidelines. That's in the works. The exact date of our reopening, haven't announced it yet. I will perhaps this week, at least in the next few days. But I will be making a major statement this week about where we are, why we're doing what we're doing. There are a lot of churches doing a lot of different things. I've talked to pastors the last two weeks. Some are doing this, some are doing that. Some are very adamant. Some are very, very strong in their statements. Some are are very backwards and just kind of, Whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going to be led by God and do what's right for our church, the Bridge Church, as God leads us. So be watching for that statement this week. Hey, thank you for trusting us. We're trusting God. We're following Him. God's got great days ahead. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Bridge Church Online. You know, I've been saying it week by week. Thanks again for joining us today for Church Online at The Bridge. If you made a decision to follow Christ for the first time or you decided to rededicate your life, we want to help you begin your journey of faith. We have a free gift we want to give you called The Next 7 Days. It's a simple tool that will help you take your next steps. If you'd like to get this gift, just direct message us on Facebook or Instagram with the words Next 7. You can also click on the link right there in the platform you are using. We will be happy to connect with you and get you this gift. Just go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. We are so glad you made this life-changing decision. We love you, we are praying for you, and we are believing God's best in your life right now. We will see you soon.